Hey guys, today we continue our study on the armor of God, uh, which is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Uh, so let's look at our passage one more time. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spirit of forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, if you remember, we talked about how important a belt was for the Roman soldier. The average Roman or Greek would have worn a long cloak, and it would have uh, cut. When it came time to fight, they would pull up their cloaks and tuck them into a belt so they could have, be swift and agile, have good footing, and be able to spar with their opponents. Uh, and then we discussed the breastplate of righteousness. And if you remember, we talked about how the breastplate protected all of the vital organs of a soldier, right? Uh, and in the same way, if we live in unrepentant sin um, in our lives, it's kind of the same thing as forgetting to protect the most important parts of our body. You see, living lives that are unrighteous is kind of like not wearing a breastplate that protects you. And, um, so these are the first two things, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Now today, we're going to be talking about verse 15, which uh, says, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And this verse is using the imagery of a shoe to get his point across. And as some of you know, the proper footwear is really critical for success in different activities. Soccer, baseball, football, what do you need? Cleats. Uh, basketball, what do you need? Not cleats. You need high tops, right? Track, you have these track shoes that are super light and super tight to your foot so you can run and really, uh, your, the spikes grab the, the track. And so the proper footwear is important. And now some of you were here a couple weeks ago when we played uh, slip and slide kickball. And if you were, then you remember that I hurt my big toe. Uh, and for those of you who weren't here, let me give you a quick recap of what happened. So uh, it's my turn to bat and I kicked the ball uh, all the way to the fence. It was a great, actually that was going to be a home run, but it didn't quite make it. Um, and so I took off. And as are the rules, you have to slide in every bag. So I slid into first base popped up, I just knew it was a double, right? So I took off running to second base, I took two hard steps, and then I looked up and realized Sam was still on his back on second base. He never got up. He never got up to keep running. He just laid there. And so what did I have to do? I'd hit the brakes, I had to turn and go back to first base. Now, I, I was playing barefoot, and when I planted my left foot to stop, my toes actually rolled under my foot. I dislocated my big toe. Uh, and, and I'm gonna tell you, it hurt. Uh, you know, but if I was wearing cleats, uh, I would have been able to grip on the ground. I would have had support around my toes. Um, and that probably would not have happened. I probably would not have dislocated my toe. I actually would have probably stopped cleanly and been back safe at first. I didn't have the right equipment for what I was trying to do. And, and this is the point that Paul's trying to make here. He's asking, are you properly equipped? Like, what's the proper equipment? It's the gospel of peace. 
See, in, in ancient times, messengers uh, were often uh, runners. So, so they have a message a king would need to send, and he'd give it to a messenger, and that messenger would take off running. And he would run, 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 run until he approached wherever he was delivering that message, another kingdom, uh, an army, a military unit, whatever that was. And that runner was often treated in relation to the content of the messages, of the messages that they carried. And so you, you've probably heard, don't shoot the messenger, right? Um, there's a reason we have that saying. See, what would happen is if, if Kingdom A sent a runner with a message to Kingdom B, and it was the sad news about Kingdom A's army being wiped out and the king being killed. Kingdom B might just kill the messenger because they're so disappointed with the message that he bore. He was, he was tied to the news. But on the other hand, if Kingdom A had won this massive military feat and was running to tell Kingdom B and they came in and told Kingdom B, guess what, we have won then he'd be celebrated and cheered because he's tied to the news. And, and what Paul is saying, like, be the runner who brings the good news. Right? Be the runner who's tied, be the messenger who's tied to good news. And this is why we, we read that verse. You remember the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And the same thing goes for us. Do we, do we run and approach with the joy of the gospel so that others can see it purely by observing us? Or are we stumbling through life unprepared to share with others the wonderful news? You see, these runners, because they knew that if they had bad news, they would probably be killed, or if they had good news, they'd be celebrated, the city could see what kind of news they had just by the way they would run. Think about it. If you knew that you were probably going to be killed because you had bad news, um, you would probably run a little slower. <laughs> you might be a little gloomier. You might not be real excited about getting there quickly to tell the news to the next kingdom. And the city can see that. They can see the way you ran. But what if you had the best news ever? You would run. You, you'd be there quick. Your feet would be light. Your 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 face would be excited, and they could see that as you approach the city. And what Paul is saying is, how do you approach with the news? Do you approach it as someone who's belabored and tired, or do you have joy that comes with the gospel of peace? And today I want to you to take a few minutes, and I want you to read Acts chapter twenty-six, verses one through twenty-nine. And this is Paul, he's been in prison for like years, and then he's being brought before a king. And Paul's a Roman citizen, he could use his Roman status to get out of being in prison, but he does something different. He tells the good news of Jesus Christ. And so what I want you to do is read that chapter, Acts 26, 1 through 29, and then ask these questions. First, how does Paul go about telling King Agrippa about the gospel? How does Paul share the gospel? What, what kind of process he uses? And second, what can you learn from that? We'll see you next time.